Guy walks into a pet store, he wants to buy a parrot. He says, how much for that red one there? Pet store owner says, the red one? $1,000 for that parrot. He says, $1,000 for the parrot? Why is it so expensive? He says, because that parrot is an executive assistant parrot. It can type. Wow, okay, fine. Uh, how about the yellow one, the yellow parrot over there? How much is that one? He says, that parrot? That parrot's $2,000. $2,000, why $2,000? He says, well, it's also an executive assistant parrot, but it can type and it can answer phone calls. He says, whoa, okay, how about, how about uh, the green one? How much is the green one? He says, the green one, $10,000. $10,000? My goodness, what does that parrot do? He says, I don't know, but the other two parrots call him boss. We're gonna talk about the boss and the assistant. What does it mean to facilitate, to support, to be the support staff, to help someone else do their job. Why? Because Parshas Kairach. Parshas Kairach, we have a rebellion of Kairach, the Levite, against the high priesthood of Aaron. And after the failed rebellion, Hashem um, enumerates or describes a little bit more the division of labor between the Leviim and the Kehanim, the Levites and the priestly class. And uh, Aaron is told regarding the Leviim, your cousins, uh, the, the Leviim, what should you do with them? You should draw them near to you. Vialovu, Vialovu is from the word Levi. They shall join you. Vialovu, they should join you. Alecha to you. Vishorsucha, and they should attend to you. Meaning they should assist you. They should be your, they should be your assistants. So the function of the Levium in the Beis Hamikdash, in the Holy Temple, was to act as assistants to the Kehanim. In fact, if you know a Jew with the last name Siegel or Segel, or sometimes it's pronounced Shagal, like the famous artist. Um, that's a Rosh Hateva, so that's an acronym. Sagan Lekoyhein. Families with that name Segel, Siegel, they're usually Levium, because a Levi is a Sagan Lekoyhein. Sagan Lekoyhein means Lieutenant Koyhein, or the assistant to the Koyhein, the one who works for, works with, provides assistance uh, he's the executive assistant, in other words. Okay, to the Kohen. Now, that's interesting, but the name Levi itself, every, every name in, in the Holy Tongue also has a meaning. The, the, the word has a meaning. Where does, the, where does the name Levi come from? The first time we hear the name is when Leah gives birth to a child named Levi. And the meaning of the name, why he's named Levi, is, is told to us very clearly. Parshas Vayetze. Vatahar Oid, she conceived again. Vatailed Bain, and she gave birth to a son. Vatayimer, and she said, Atohapam, this time, Yelove Ishi Eli. My husband will be attached to me. Yelove. That means, that's from the word Levi, and it means attached. Yelove Ishi Eli, my husband will be attached to me. And what does that mean, my husband will be attached to me? Um, we know, especially in Chassidus, the relationship, but, but not just limited to Chassidus, Chassidus expands upon it, that the relationship between the Jewish people and Hashem is compared to a marriage. When, when Shlem Melch, King Solomon, the wisest of all men, when he wanted to describe the unique relationship between the Jews and Hashem, he, he wrote that love poem, Shir Hashirim, the Song of Songs, and he described it as the relationship between husband and wife. Uh, husband and wife. So it's interesting, 
this name, Levi, which Yelave Ishi Eli, my husband, will be attached to me, Chassidus explains, is talking about Dvekis. Dvekis means attachment. Attachment to Hashem. Profound attachment to Hashem. That when a Jew is in Dvekis, is attached to Hashem, that's called Yelave Ishi Eli. My husband, meaning Hashem, is attached to, to, to me. Okay, so here's the question. Interesting question. Which one is it? Is the Levi the one who assists the Kohen and the Kohen serves Hashem? The name Kohen, by the way, also has a meaning. Lekahen means to serve. So the Kohen serves Hashem and the Levi gets the assist. He facilitates or he helps the Kohen and the Kohen is the one who's actually serving Hashem directly. Okay, that's the function of the Levi. But the name Levi and its origins means Yelavi Ishi Eli, Hashem is connected to me. So which one is it? Is it the function of the Levi, which is he facilitates that the coin should serve Hashem and be connected to Hashem? Or is it the name Levi and the meaning of the word Levi, which is that the Levi himself is the one who's connected to Hashem? You understand? Which one is it? He's connecting somebody else or he himself is connected? Okay. So before we get into the answer, and this is a question, by the way, this is from a Sicha in Lekutei Sichas from the Lubavitch Rebbe, Chelek uh, Chof Ches, Parshas Kairach, and uh, there are many, many, many questions in that Sicha. I just took out one of them. Um, but before, before we return to this, I want to talk a little bit about the fact that this week, Parshas Kairach, is also the week of Gimel Tamus, the yard site of the Lubavitch Rebbe, Sechet Tzadik V'Kadosh Lefracha. I'll tell you a story. This story took place on base year Tashimem Ches. Okay, that's the second day of year 5748, or in English, April 19th, 1988. I looked it up. Okay, April 19th, 1988. And the Rebbe was giving out dollars, not in 770, where usually dollars were given out, but in his home on President Street. That year, the Rebbe would give out dollars and, and the tefillahs took place uh, in, in, the, in the Rebbe's home because the Rebbetzin had passed away, Chav Be Shvat, uh, just a couple of months before this, this incident occurred. And so the Rebbe was in the home that year during the, the time of, of uh, saying Kaddish and uh, davening for the Omet, leading the, leading the prayers. Um, so this particular dollars, there was this freshly elected young new MK who came to the Rebbe named uh, Binyamin Netanyahu, Bibi Netanyahu, you might have heard of him. Anyways, but this is when he had first been elected to uh, an elected office. Before that, he had had an appointed office, the ambassador to the UN, and he'd been to the Rebbe before, but now he was elected to, uh, to Knesset. The whole, the whole exchange is about two minutes, and it's, it's on video, Gem Jewish Educational Media has put out the, the exchange. You can watch the whole thing, it's about two minutes. About halfway through their uh, exchange, Netanyahu says to the Rebbe, I want to thank you for the opportunity, I'm translating here, but I want because he's speaking in Hebrew, I want to thank you for the opportunities to be helped by you and to receive spiritual guidance from you that you provide not just for me but for all Klal Yisrael, for all uh, Jews. And without so much as a pause, the Rebbe responds and says, "Ani adain betichilat hamaseh sheli." 
And it literally means I'm at the beginning. I'm still at the beginning of my act, of my, of my work. I'm just getting started my work. Obviously, you know, the Rebbe was 86 years old at the time, a rabbi with a white beard, saying, I'm just getting started my work. And Netanyahu gives this big smile, and he says, Ani odea, I know, I know. And then the Rebbe smiles back and says to him, Viata and you, Bitrilata tafkid hachadash shalcha, are just getting started your new mission, your new work. Okay. So let's talk about this for a second. 1988, Netanyahu just got elected to Knesset. He wouldn't be prime minister for the first time until 1996. And the second time, uh, he wouldn't be prime minister until 2009. So for the Rebbe to tell him in 1988, when he just got elected to Knesset, that you are betrilat tafkid hachadash, at the beginning of your new mission, was very prescient. Obviously, the Rebbe saw and was telling him that uh, he had a, a, a big career ahead of him. Okay. But what's interesting, not just what the Rebbe told Benjamin Netanyahu about Netanyahu's future, but what the Rebbe said about his own future, Kivyachol, the Rebbe said, I'm just getting started my work. Now, the Rebbe made many statements that were, obviously, people smiled, you know, Netanyahu smiled when the Rebbe said this statement. The Rebbe said statements that were sometimes, you know, they were meant to be, you know, humorous or amusing, but God forbid that it was just humorous or just amusing or in any way not a hundred percent absolute emis truth. Everything that Rebbe said was a hundred percent. Even when the Rebbe said things that were funny or amusing, it was also a hundred percent serious and a hundred percent real and a hundred percent true. So how do you understand this? From, from, from two sides. That the Rebbe is saying in 1988, I'm just getting started my work. Okay. From two sides, it, it, it's strange. On one side, I'm just getting started my work. The, the Rebbe had been Rebbe for 37 years already at that point. And during that time, what had the Rebbe already done? Sent out all these shluchim and, and Chabad houses and, and mitzvah tanks and the ten mitzvah campaigns and Tzivus Hashem, the world's largest Jewish, Jewish youth organization, and uh, public menorah lightings and, and thousands of hours of chidushe Torah, of novel Torah insights that had been recorded and published. All that had already happened, and the Rebbe is saying, oh, I'm just getting started. Okay, so that's from one side. Then from the other side, and I want to be careful how I say this, but the Rebbe was speaking in 1988. That was six years before Gimel Tamos. The Rebbe is 86 years old. Okay, and again, I want to be careful how I say this, but you should know something, okay? The whole reason that that, 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 that that dollars took place in the Rebbe's home, like I said, the Rebbe was davening because the Rebbetzin had passed away. Um, so the Rebbe was saying Kaddish. There was a very clear sense of, you know, there's certain natural things that, I mean, look, I'll, I'll just say what the Rebbe said. Matzah um, Shabbos Pashas Truma, Tavshin Memches which was uh, February 20th. I looked up the date because I was just interested how, how, how close to this dollars with Netanyahu was. It was exactly two months because April 19th was, was, was when Netanyahu came to the house for dollars. February 20th, exactly two months earlier, the Rebbe said the famous Sicha 
of Nachshev Cheshbeni Shalalem. Let's consider the make a reckoning for for the natural order of things, which people did not want to hear at the time, and it's still painful to even think about it. But the Rebbe was speaking about the eventualities of what would happen if there would be a Gimel Tamos. So <laughs> here's my point: It's 1988 and the Rebbe is 86 years old, and the Rebbe had already spoken openly about the idea of what if there's a Gimel Tammuz, and the Rebbe is saying to Netanyahu at, at the exact same time, I'm just getting started my work. How do you put those two together? So, I'll offer you a perspective. That makes sense to me. You know, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, the former chief rabbi of Great Britain, he has a great line, one of the best quotes about the Rebbe. He says, the good leaders make followers, great leaders make leaders, the Rebbe made leaders. And Jonathan Sachs himself is a prime example of that statement. He didn't just say this about the Rebbe, he himself was a product of this, the Rebbe made him a leader. I won't get into the whole long story, but Jonathan Sachs was never looking on his own to become a leader or to be part of you know, public service. He wasn't looking to be a rabbi, none of that. When he first met the Rebbe, it was because he basically, he admits, as a college kid, he scammed a free trip to America. He's, a, he's this English college kid, he wanted a free trip to America, so he wrote up a proposal. He's going to go interview Jewish leaders in America in order to interview them. He has to go travel, so he got, he got the trip paid for. Anyway, so he met the Rebbe, and he was supposed to interview the Rebbe about leadership. And the Rebbe flipped the whole thing on him and starts asking about, what about you? Are you a leader? You know, when, when you go back to, to campus, what are you doing to be a leader on campus? So from the very beginning, the Rebbe's relationship with, with Jonathan Sachs was, Tag, you're it. You're coming to me asking me about being a leader? No, 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 what about you? You're the leader, right? And, and then the whole thing, how it, how it developed... Over, over his career, eventually becoming a rabbi and becoming chief rabbi. That was all the Rebbe pushing him to, to be a leader. And the truth is, this was the Rebbe's way of dealing with everybody. Everybody that, that, that met the Rebbe was tagged, you're it, now you're the leader. What, what do I mean by that? Think about dollars. We're just, we were just talking about dollars. The whole concept of dollars was what the Rebbe said. I mean, I'm not guessing here, the Rebbe spoke about it. In addition to the concept of giving you a keepsake, something to hold on to that, that, that the Rebbe had, had given to you a gift, but in addition to that, and the way the Rebbe described it, actually, was this was to make you a shliach shal mitzvah, to make you an emissary for carrying on a mitzvah. When the Rebbe gave you the dollar, now tag, you're it. Now you are the Rebbe's emissary. You've been deputized to go and do a mission, to go give tzedakah, to give this dollar or its equivalent to tzedakah, to, to charity. So the Rebbe's encounters with everyone was always about putting it back on you. You're the leader now. You're, you go out. You go do something great. I'll tell you a story that just, I mean, it's an amazing story, and yeah, yeah I'm, I'm very grateful to Jem, Jewish Educational Media, who has this My Encounter project, where they've gone and they've interviewed people, and they've discovered stories that were not known. Stories that, that just started to come out now, I mean, 10, 20 years after Gimel Tamas, and we're first starting to find out stories about how the Rebbe was behind the scenes making great people great. How the Rebbe was the one who was making leaders, leaders. And uh, here's one of these stories, just a fantastic story. Um, how much the Rebbe had a hand in so many people's claim to fame and their, their ability to make a contribution in, in, in the world. And, and it was unknown. And it would have remained unknown, except, you know, 
had become revealed. So here, here's one of my favorite ones. This is the story about the first African-American female member of United States Congress. She was uh, elected to represent the 12th district, which included her own neighborhood of Crown Heights, Shirley Chisholm. Now, this was 1968. First female African-American member of the United States Congress. She um, finds out that the old boys club basically don't, they don't want her and they marginalize her. And what do they do to her? They put her on the Agricultural Committee. We imagine that Congress is always like, they get the whole Congress together and they vote and they pass bills. Very, very little of Congress is, you know, with the whole Congress meeting. Um, most, of what a, what, what, most of what Congress does in D.C. is meeting in committee. Everything happens in committee. So they took this woman from Brooklyn, from inner city Brooklyn, where you know the, 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 the most agriculture you might see is a weed growing up from the, from the crack in a sidewalk, and they put her on the Agricultural Committee to laugh at her, to mock her, to marginalize her, to make her ineffective. So she was very, very sad. And uh, by the way, how do we know this story? We know the story from David Lutyens, who was, uh, who was, who was a professor of uh, political science and law at Tarot, and he was an advisor to uh, Patrick Moynihan, the senator, Senator Moynihan. So he was at the retirement party where Shirley Chisholm told this, this whole story. Basically, they put her on the Agricultural Committee, and she's broken. She's totally broken. So she gets a call, Lubavitcher Rebbe would like to see you. Now she lived like a block from the Rebbe, but she's getting a call now from the Secretariat, Lubavitcher Rebbe would like to see you. It's interesting, she had come to the Rebbe before to get the Rebbe's endorsement, the Rebbe says no, he doesn't endorse political candidates. But now the Rebbe's calling her, the Rebbe, the Rebbe would like to see you. Maybe the Rebbe knew she needed encouragement, whatever it was, we, we can't guess the, the, the behind the scenes, but I can tell you exactly what happened according to Shirley Chisholm herself, she comes to the Rebbe and she, she starts to bear her soul. And she starts to tell the Rebbe, honestly, I'm broken. You know, I worked so hard to get elected. And now I got there and they're, they're, they're mocking me. They put me in the agricultural committee to, to make me ineffective. So the Rebbe says to her, oh, what a gift Hashem gave you. What a gift. You have such an opportunity. And she wasn't thinking of it as an opportunity. She was thinking of it as, as, as a crisis. And the Rebbe says, there are so many hungry people in Brooklyn and in many inner city neighborhoods. And meanwhile, the farmers, they have surplus. In this country, there's a surplus of food. The farmers grow more food than they can sell. You just have to put the two together, and the farmers who have more food than they can sell, and the hungry people in the inner cities can eat that food, and it's such a, it's such a wonderful opportunity. So this started her thinking in a positive way. She goes back to D.C. First person she runs into, Bob Dole. Remember Bob Dole? He ran for president. A Republican senator from, from Kansas. Kansas is the breadbasket of America, a real agricultural state. So he meets her, Shirley Chisholm. Okay, nice to meet Oh, agricultural committee. Agricultural committee. So he starts to tell her, you know, my, my constituents are all farmers, and they have way more food than they can sell, and we, we can't... We, we can't move the food fast enough to, 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 so that they can actually make a living. She says, hold on a second, I have an idea. The government could make a program and we could, we could fulfill two needs at the same time. The farmers can sell the food and we can supply the food in the inner cities where we have so many hungry people. And from that, uh, WIC, the WIC program was invented, the Women, Infant, Children program that provides nutritional supplements to, to, to families with, uh, with, with mothers and with small children.
<clears throat> so as I, as I mentioned, Shirley Chisholm spoke about this at her retirement party. Um, and she said, you know, what makes this all possible? If, if I accomplished anything in my career, it's because a rabbi in Crown Heights had vision. Okay, so go figure, the first female African-American member of Congress, and she was ready to give up, she was defeated, and, and who pushed her to greatness? And who actually got the, this whole program launched? The Rebbe's advice and encouragement. So, here's what I want to ask you. I want to ask you a question. What did the former chief rabbi of Great Britain and the first African-American female member of the United States Congress have in common? In fact, you know what? I want to, I'm going to, I want to redact that question. What do you and I and the, first chief rabbi, and the former chief rabbi of Great Britain and the first female African-American member of the United States Congress all have in common? What do we all have in common? If I can be so presumptuous to speak to you about you as well, and I'm including you in this. And I will suggest what we all have in common is that on some level, and if we think about it, I think we'll see it to be true, the Rebbe has inspired us all to greatness. Okay, so Jonathan Sachs is, a, is, a, is a, an obvious story, a famous story. Okay, so Shirley Chisholm is an obvious story, a famous story. But you know how many stories there are? And how many stories continue to come out? And, and, and are these stories only stories from before Gimel Tammuz? From, from before the Rebbe's physical passing? Or if you think about it, the Rebbe's leadership, teachings, guidance, inspiration is continuing to spur people on to achieve great things. If we think about it this way, you know, when, 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 a, when, a, when a rabbi has a yard site, or when a, a rabbi passes away, you know, and people say eulogies, and they, they talk about the rabbi's greatness, what do they normally speak about? What do they usually say? They say that he was so holy, or he learned so much Torah, or uh, they talk about that he did, did mitzvahs in such a meticulous way. They speak about what he achieved. But there's another way of understanding a purpose in life. And that is not what you achieve, but what you facilitate in others and help them to achieve. That the greatest way of spending your life is to help others live theirs. The greatest mission that a person could have is to help others accomplish theirs. And that's the answer to the question about the Levy. Levy means the one who assists the coin that the coin should serve Hashem and do his job for Hashem. So the coin's is connecting to Hashem and the levy is getting the assist. I mean, that's the function of the levy in the base of English. But the word itself means, Yolava Eli Ishi, I'm connected to Hashem. How do you reconcile the two? Very simple. Because the greatest connection to Hashem that anyone could have is when I facilitate someone else's connection to Hashem. To be a levy means that I help someone else be great. The assistant to the Kohen. To find one who is doing kahuna, who is doing service, in whatever capacity it is, whether it's as a mother, or an educator, or an entrepreneur, or 
whatever it might be, and to be their assistant, to be their facilitator, to be their levy, who helps them connect to Hashem, that for, for the one who facilitates that connection, that's the greatest connection there could be. When you are the one who facilitates the connection, that is, Yolava Elayishi, the greatest connection that you can have to Hashem. What did the Rebbe do? The Rebbe connected others to Hashem. The Rebbe made leaders out of everyone. The Rebbe deputized everyone. The Rebbe inspired people to pursue their own greatness. And what greater greatness is there than helping others get in touch with their own greatness? I'm an American boy, and maybe this is totally inappropriate, but I'll tell you something. I'm sure everybody heard of Shaquille O'Neal. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you don't know much about him, but you know who Shaq is. Shaq was a star from high school. And when he was drafted, he was already famous. But he didn't win titles. He didn't win championships for a long time. So he has this quote, which I like. He says... The day I stopped worrying about statistics is the day that I started winning. What does that mean? Statistics means your personal achievement on the court, which doesn't mean winning. You could be the high scorer in the game and your team still lost. So Shaq said, I had to stop thinking about my own statistics. It doesn't matter what I accomplished. It matters what the team accomplishes in order to get the win, which is how you get the title. So here's the deal. We're not here to worry about our own achievements anymore. No, that's not, that's not what, life, what, what life is about. We're here, each of us, to be a levy, to facilitate others' greatness, to make leaders out of others, to connect others to Hashem, like the Rebbe did for so many and continues to do for so many. To the extent that when the Rebbe told Binyomin Netanyahu in 1988, Ani adayin betchilat yeah, makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. That if the Rebbe's mission in life is to inspire others, to make others great, I would say, sure, in 1988, the Rebbe was just getting started. The Rebbe was just getting started. The Rebbe continues to make the world see the potential. Each individual to see his or her own potential greatness, to the extent of seeing beyond what the individual can do and seeing the ultimate goal of what the team has to achieve, the win, the championship. From day one, Yud Shvat, Tavshin Yud Aleph, 1951, first inaugural address, the Rebbe said, the, the whole thing depends on us, our generation, to do what? To finish the job of all of history, to perfect the world, to bring Mashiach. So on Gimel Tammuz, on the Rebbe's Yort site, as a Kaddish, if you will, what would be a fitting tribute to the Rebbe who invested his entire self in making others great? Well, I can think of two things. First of all, for each of us to live up to our own greatness, not to withhold or cheat the world from our own greatness that we have to achieve. But another thing, I would take it another step even more. Just like the Rebbe encouraged and encourages every individual to be great. We have to go 
and play that role in other people's lives and encourage them to be great. And that everyone we meet has to be a tag your it type of situation. That if you come for inspiration from me, for guidance from me, encouragement, whatever it is, yeah, I'll give that to you, but also I want to turn you into a source of encouragement and guidance and inspiration for the next person and so on and so forth. So that each one of us is thinking about what the next person can accomplish and being a levy, a facilitator, an assistant to each other person's mission in life. We should all touch each other in the right way, inspire each other, remind each other of our greatness. And the team, Klal Yisrael and the entire world really, should very, very, very speedily accomplish our goal, perfection of the world, through the coming of Mashiach, it should be now.